Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of So Important. One of the great things about having your own podcast is that occasionally you get to deviate from your own formula, and that's what we're going to do today. I thought it would be fun if today I spoke about something interesting and important to me. I am going to talk about the birth of the backbeat, the early rock pioneers and what they did to create the template for rock and roll drumming. Now, as many of you know, I am a drummer myself, and I have a healthy respect for all styles of drumming. But the drummers that move me the most are the ones that come from the old school tradition. These are the drummers that emphasize the groove and the steady beat. This is a drumming tradition that goes back to the earliest days of rock and roll, and in fact, reflects the approach of the greatest drumming pioneers. These guys came from jazz, swing, rhythm and blues, blues, country music, western swing, all kinds of traditions, and they brought their experience to the music as it was evolving. I love listening to these pioneers. They were essentially inventing rock and roll drumming, even if they didn't know it at the time. So I thought it would be fun to talk about how these pioneers created the rock and roll backbeat, the persistent bass drum, the steady eighth notes on the hi-hat or ride cymbals, and of course the beat itself, the heavy emphasis on the two and the four, usually, but not always, on the snare drum, and all in the name of giving 1950s youth something to dance to. So I'm going to talk about some of these drummers, but what you heard at the outset of the show wasn't rock and roll. It was the great Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys going all the way back to 1938. Bob Wills is a personal favorite of mine. He was a country and Western band leader who revolutionized Western swing music. He was one of the first to introduce horns, electric guitar, and drums into his music. And Smokey Dacus, who you heard, was the first drummer to play with Wills. Now in that song, New San Antonio Rose, one of Bob Wills' classics, Smokey is just playing a straight eighth note beat with his brushes, kind of like that, but it works. Bob was all about getting folks on their feet, and he knew instinctively that a drummer would help make that happen. And drums gradually became a foundation for much of Western swing music from that point on. Now let's keep Bob and Smokey in mind as we tell our story, but let's also jump ahead a bit to 1945, whereas country music was evolving incrementally, music in the black community was moving forward in all manner of direction. Traditional blues and jazz had given birth to bebop, swing, and the style we'll be focusing on, just for a moment, rhythm and blues. One well-known R&B practitioner was Louis Jordan. His drummer is the great Chris Colombo, and take a listen to what Chris is doing here, a straight jazz shuffle executed with perfect timing which he was revered for, and providing the swing to Louis Jordan's classic, Caledonia. Walking with my baby, she got red big feet. She long, lean, and lank, and ain't had nothing to eat. But she's my baby, and I love her just the same. Crazy about that woman, cause Caledonia is her name. Caledonia! Caledonia! I want to make your big head so hard, Ma. I love you, love you just the same I'll always love you, baby, cause Caledonia is your name So now you're hearing classic shuffle applied to upbeat, danceable music. And kids loved it. 
And you'll hear that again in our next song, Rocket 88 from 1951 by Jackie Brenson in his Delta Cats. This song is sometimes considered the first rock and roll song, but we'll leave that discussion for another day. The backstory here is that the band was driving off to a recording gig. The guitarist's amp got damaged, either by rain or by falling off of the roof of the car. There are conflicting stories. And efforts to jury rig the amp when they got to the studio failed. There was a lot of distortion, and they couldn't quite get rid of it. But the band decided to live with it, distortion and all. The result was this great tune, Rocket 88. Oh, and by the way, Jackie Brenson in his Delta Cats was just a creation for this record. The band is actually Ike Turner and his Kings of Rhythm. Ike Turner, a bastard of a guy, but his musical contributions cannot be denied. You heard the noise they make, but let me introduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's straight, just one way. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. Baby, we'll ride in style, moving all along. The drummer there is Willie Sims, playing that old jazz shuffle in a style of music with direct lineage from R&B but in a new boogie-woogie context, and music would be changed forever. And by the way, that song became a classic and made it to number one on the R&B chart. But the band had signed away the rights, and Ike's reward for possibly creating rock and roll was all of 20 bucks. But what really took all of this rock and roll drumming to the next level? Well, it's more of a who, my personal hero from this era, the great Earl Palmer. Earl was a product of New Orleans. He knew rhythm. As a kid, he was a tap dancer and played in shows to bring some extra money home. Palmer was a great session drummer who played with everyone, but he cut his teeth in the 1950s, and here's as good an example as you can get of Earl supporting the guy who really rocked all of this up, the great little Richard from 1958. Take a listen to what Earl is doing. He's flattening out that shuffle a little bit, going from da 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 to da 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 You start to hear the backbeat becoming prominent, and he's propelling the whole song using great cymbal work throughout the whole thing. Very innovative stuff for its time. Now, what's fascinating is that the black and white markets were converging. White kids were buying all this great music that was coming from the black music community, and it was noticed. 
promoters, record producers, and indeed the artists themselves were thinking about how to maximize the crossover. And where you saw it happen was in the music with its roots in that old Western swing that we heard at the very start of the show. The music took on a name, Rockabilly, and here's a great example from one of its true pioneers. This is a song from 1955 from the great Bill Haley. He actually led a number of Western swing bands in his formative years, and he brought that sensibility to his music in spades. Everyone was borrowing from each other to create this new music. And here's a great example from 1955, Bill Haley's Rockabeaten Boogie, probably featuring the great Dick Taylor on drums. And listen to what's going on here with the drums. Heavy emphasis on the two and the four, a driving groove. It was all coming together. Haley, of course, went on to have his own great success, as did Rockabilly in general. But for our purposes, let's turn to the guy who really took it to the next level, Elvis Presley. Presley also borrowed from all genres to create his sound, and he had the right drummer to make it happen. DJ Fontana was a studio vet and a drummer on the Louisiana Hayride, a regional radio and television show modeled after the Grand Ole Opry. Elvis plucked him from that show and made DJ his permanent drummer. And for good reason, DJ was one of the best and as important to our story as Earl Palmer. DJ cut his teeth playing in strip clubs, and he knew when to give a little extra emphasis or oomph to a particular passage of music. He was right in tune with Elvis, and you can hear it on this number from 1957. You'll know it. Take what DJ and Earl Palmer were doing and you're pretty much there. The strong emphasis on the two and the four, the steady eighth notes at the higher end, and of course, that steady bass beat. The template for rock and roll drumming was essentially in place. But there's more to the story. Let's look at some of the other music that was emerging. In Los Angeles, a record company called Imperial Records was doing all kinds of interesting things. And one of the great musicians that they signed was the great New Orleans musician Fats Domino one of a number of artists that brought a New Orleans sensibility to this new rocking genre. And New Orleans drumming is like nothing else. New Orleans produced some of the best drummers around, and these guys were, uniformly, the masters of the bass drum, augmented with a little syncopation to flavor the beat. The great jazz tradition, the funeral lines, you had to know how to play that bass drum. 
So take a listen to how the bass drum propels this next number right from the start. And the drummer, the great Earl Palmer, who by this time had moved to L.A. Let's listen. flavor of the New Orleans-influenced rock and roll that was emerging, as well as the drumming that was required to keep pace with it. Now let's go to Chicago, where many of the great black acts of the time were recording. There was a fellow by the name of Elias McDaniel, and he was introducing African rhythms into his rock and roll music, and in the process, creating his own damn beat. Elias McDaniel is, of course, much better known as Bo Diddley, and the Bo Diddley beat became a staple of rock and roll and it remains so to this day. And while we're listening, make sure you check out the great Jerome Green on Maracas. He's providing that integral high-end shuffle to augment the pounding rhythm of the drums. Jerome was a session musician, asked to go on the road with Bo, but he didn't want to lug around a drum kit. So he picked up the Maracas instead. And listen how it all came together in Bo Diddley from 1955. <laughs> Every drummer knows how to play it. It's a classic to this day. So there you have it. We've heard great drummers from all kinds of musical traditions creating a new style of drumming. We've heard from great innovators like Fats Domino and Bo Diddley. I guess we've told the story. But wait, did we leave anyone out? Well, we left out a lot of great drummers. We could, for example, do a whole show on the great Jerry Van Eaton, who supported Jerry Lee Lewis. But let's answer that question a little different way by listening to a classic blues number from 1957, Little Walter's Nobody But You. Nobody but you, babe 
good tune with fine drumming. But the song isn't the key here. The drummer is. That is Fred Below. He was in demand from everyone. Little Walter, Smokestack Lightning, Big Mama Thornton, Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, all of them. They all wanted to play with Fred. And in the process, Fred Below, a highly trained drummer with great adaptability, essentially invented blues drumming. But believe it or not, that's not what he's most famous for. Fred Below became the go-to drummer for one Mr. Chuck Berry. And you can't tell the story of rock and roll or rock and roll drumming without Chuck Berry or without Fred Below. He's one of the most influential drummers in history. Charlie Watts, the great drummer for the Rolling Stones, claims emphatically that he owes his career to Fred. So let's go out with some classic Chuck Berry featuring Fred Below on the drums. The song is from 1958. You'll know it. And let me just say, thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Tell your friends. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, way back up in the woods among the evergreens, there stood a log cabin made of earth and wood, where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good, who never ever learned to read or write so well, but he could play a guitar just like a ring in a bell. Go, go. Oh, my, but that little country boy could play. Go, go.